Hallelujah. Come on, if you know it today, just give him some praise and some honor and some glory in the house. Thank you, Jesus. God really loves us. God really loves us. Thank you, Jesus. What a powerful message in that song. You know, just, of course, just echoing the scripture that uh, God commended his love toward us and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And, you know, it sounds very simple, but if you ever need to know if God really loves you, just look at where you are. Because you remember who you were, but now you can remember who you are. And that's because of God. And the Lord loves us today. And he's not so concerned about where we've been as where we're going. And he's not so much concerned about what you've done as what you're going to do. And what you're going to let him do. And so I want to, I definitely don't want the sacrifice that he made to be wasted because of me but I want every advantage of it I want every part of it in my life I'm thankful that he really does love us today amen give him one more hand clap of praise in this house thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Boy, the Lord's good to us today thankful for him and just uh, glad today to see you in the house of the Lord there's uh, several out that are sick with this weird congestion chest lung stuff that's going around it's not COVID I don't know what it is it's, but it's Brother Landon not here today he's very sick with that and different ones been battling it and uh, we just need to be praying for them that God will just touch them and, and lift them up today I know that he will he's, he's able to do it we've watched God heal over and over in the last few weeks and I believe God's just going to keep doing what he does and so let's remember all of those people and just um, visitors that are here with us they met some precious people let's, let's give our visitors a hand this morning we're glad they're here thank you for being in the house of the Lord with us today and we just want you to just man just be uh, blessed here and make yourself at home and uh, just uh, man it's, it's awesome the way God does things and before I get into this uh, message, I, there was a line in that, not the last song they sung, but the one before that, and um, said, now I'm living like I'm forgiven. And that's, that's the way to live. But you got to hear, he, he said, I'm living like I'm forgiven, not like I'm perfect, but like I'm forgiven. And if I can learn to live like I'm forgiven, I won't let my past weigh me down cause me to stumble because being forgiven doesn't mean you don't have a past but it's no longer held against you and so every every vessel in the kingdom of God has a past but now they also have a future and so we, we we've got to learn to live like we're forgiven and, and when you make a mistake, that doesn't mean your forgiveness is erased. God forgave you. 
And the Bible says that when you mess up, if you'll confess it, he's faithful to forgive it again. He's, he's always there to forgive. So live like you're forgiven. It'll keep you all the way to glory. But if you live like God's ready to wipe you out and, and he's going to just take me out because I can't seem to put two steps together without falling, that's no way to live. And that ain't the way that Jesus wants you to live. So let's, let's live like we're forgiven. If you have your Bibles, uh, one verse of Scripture, James chapter 1. <clears throat> James chapter 1 and verse number 4. Give honor and thanks to our great music and choir and media today, all of our, all of our volunteers, Sunday school teachers, security team, all of you. God bless you. Thank you for all that you do. Anybody notice the lights? You like this? Brother Kevin said, Pastor, what's different in here? I said, all the lights and the, all the color, the blue and stuff is different. I like this. I can see you. <laughs> Ain't nobody sitting in the shadows no more. It's like, hey, now it was pretty. It, I liked it. It was good, but it's, I like this. I do. I like this. And so, yes, that's right. That's a glorious light. That's it. He's God. Love it so much. James chapter 1 and verse number 4. But let patience have her perfect work. Her perfect work. You know patience is going to be a woman. But let patience have her perfect work. That ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Everybody got crazy when I said that. What was that word? I wouldn't mean nothing in a negative sense. Women have the ability to bring new life into this world, to birth something new. And that's what patience will do. It'll birth something new into your life. It's that haste that makes waste. It's that, uh, it's that uh, fight or flight stuff that gets you in trouble. But that I'm going to stand fast. I'm going to stand my ground. That's where patience works. And so you let that, that nice woman have her way. Let her have that perfect work in your life. That you may be perfect. That means not without fault or flaw, but complete and entire, wanting nothing. I would venture to say that if you're going to really trust the Lord, you're going to have to have patience because the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want you better know that patience is from the Lord. It's from the Lord. So today I want to just preach that thought. Let patience have her perfect work. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you so much. You're precious to us today. And we are thankful that you called us, called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Lord, we're thankful today that your word is alive and for us. And Lord, let us hear what the Spirit would say today. Let the Word find good ground. Let us be changed, challenged, made better. And God, we just ask these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Give Him a shout in this house this morning.
You can be seated. Yeah, give him, give him a shout. Ought... I know they, was, they were shouting in Athens yesterday, I'm sure. Even though we, they'd be holding their head and groaning most of them today. But, um, I don't want to talk about football. I'm glad we won because that makes everybody happy. I don't have to pull everybody out of the ditch. We're glad when they win. I'm just glad for our college students. Amen. They can keep the football team. I just like our students. I like, I like that. How about that? God's good all the time. Amen. So let patience have our perfect work. You got to let patience have our perfect work. You're going to have to grant access to patience in your life. Well, when do I need patience? The Bible says tribulation works patience. Whew. So when things get tough, you got to not put your hands on it. You got to let patience have her perfect work. Look, I know that we all want everything that God's got for us. We want to be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. We, we want to be complete. We want, every, God, every good and perfect gift is from above. It's from the Father of lights. He just hands it. He's blessing us daily with benefits. We want everything. We, we want that. Listen, and nobody struggles more with that than new converts, new, new babies in the Lord. That's why we have to help them. Because you know how when, when somebody, when, you remember how it was when we first come in the church and everybody's shouting, everybody's dancing, everybody's smiling. Everybody, this is like we got some kind of happy juice going on here. And uh, I'm just going to be in here and I won't ever frown again. But you don't realize that you're looking at people who have lived for God 20, 30, 40 years. And, and there's been a lot of days where there was some tears and a lot of days where it was hard and a lot of days where they were discouraged and a lot of days when they felt like throwing in the towel. But you're watching the compilation of a walk with God. It's just like uh, young couples, they, they see somebody that's been married for 30 or 40 years and everything's, you know, it's a great marriage and they're like, oh, that's what I want and and they can't understand why they don't have that in the first two weeks. Because you're looking at 20 or 30 years of this. You, they, patience is having her perfect work in any marriage that lasts. Come on, guys. You know your wife's going to have to be patient with you and me because we're guys. They have to be patient with us. We have to be patient with them. You have to be patient with kids. You got to be patient with pets. You know, that's... Patience is going to be in any home. And if it's a good life, if it's a good marriage, then there's going to be patience there. And they, that's not saying anything's wrong. That's just saying you're getting it right. Any walk of God that's going to amount to anything is going to have a healthy dose of patience in it. Because the struggle for us is not wanting, it's waiting. Yeah. Oh, oh, we won't. Oh, I, I, I want the blessings. I want, I want the healing. I want the miracles. I want the signs. I want the forgiveness. I want eternal life. I want the Holy Ghost. I, I want, I want, I want. But when you let patience have her perfect work, 
He says, you're wanting nothing. We've got to let patience have her perfect work. Listen, you know, I've got some baseball fans in here. You know, so you know who Henry Aaron is, Hammer and Hank. We we love him, man. He was a he was an Atlanta Brave. We love him. Seven hundred and fifty-five home runs. That's awesome. But do you know? He would not have a home run record by just having one time at bat. He hit seven hundred and fifty-five home runs, and that's awesome. But that didn't happen from one trip to the plate. 23 years his career spanned. 23 years of standing in at the plate, waiting on the next pitch. Every time at the plate won't produce a home run either. You're never going to break a record by quitting. He hit 755 home runs but he went to bat 12,364 times. Patience. Can't swing at every pitch. Patience. When you go to the plate, you could be walked, struck out, hit by a pitch, foul it off, or maybe just get a little low base hit. But all of those are part of reaching the record. You know, he struck out 1,383 times almost twice as much as the home run record. But he kept swinging and he kept going because he said, if I'm in this, I'm in it to win it. When I said we need to live like we're forgiven, it's the mindset of I'm in this and I'm in it to win it. Everything may not be going the way I would like it to go right now, but it's going. Maybe this trip to the plate I struck out, but the next... I, when Hank Aaron struck out, he did not all of a sudden forget how to hit a home run. But you're going to always have opposition. He can't, he, he can't even hit a home run without an opposing pitcher. You'll never see your greatest strengths and things realized until you can stand against the opposition. If you just say, no, I'm afraid I'll get hit, I'm not going to bat. I'm afraid I'll strike out, I'm not going to bat. You'll never hit another home run. And if you fall in this walk with God and say, that's it, I'm never going to try again. I'm never going to pray again. I'm, you'll never see all that God wants you to have. The Lord said, abide in me. We've got to stay in this thing. We've got to live in him, walk in him, breathe in him, trust him, and live like I've been forgiven. I've got to let this tribulation move on to something else called patience so that patience can have her perfect worth because God wants to do a work in your life. God wants you to be the best that you can be. And we want it all, every bit of it. But waiting, nobody likes to wait. You've heard me say it, I don't like to wait. I have patience with the Lord. I don't have a lot of patience in restaurants and traffic and DMV lines and uh, theme parks. And I will pay that money and get that lightning pass. I'm, I'm going to the front of the line. It's worth it. We don't like to wait on our packages to arrive. We want them. 
You know, they, they, I don't hardly think there's a bigger story told than prime shipping because it don't never, <laughs> it never gets there when they say it will. But we still pay for it because we're hoping it will. We want it. Proverbs 13 and 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, when that thing I'm wanting, when it shows up, it's a tree of life. Oh, there's nothing, it, it can get us so down when we're waiting, but you've got to trust that it will come. Because he, he didn't just say you're going to always be heart sick. He said that desire is coming. Let me tell you, every promise of God is in him, yea and amen. If God said it, it's going to happen. He cannot lie. He's going to take care of his people. And friend, just because we have tribulation doesn't mean that hope's not coming, but we've got to have a little patience because tribulation works patience. Patience works experience, and experience brings hope. Friend, that hope is a tree of life. I was looking at this, this lineup, and, and I saw hope as number four. In, in baseball or in softball, Number four was cleanup. He always had the, the big bat hitting at number four because, you know, he could just change the game with one swing of the bat. Let me tell you, when, when that desire comes and hope steps up to the plate, honey, it's a tree of life. And you'll realize that what I was going through, it was hard. It was tough. I didn't think I'd make it, but, ooh, I hung in there, and I, I saw that God came through. I got a little experience for the next trip. Every trip to the place experience and every trip to the place helps you adjust so you can hit that ball like you want to hit it. It's every, every time uh, you step in there, every time you get back up off your knees uh, from that prayer closet, every time you get back up and lift your hands and say, I'm going to praise you one more day. Every time you wake up and say, that's it, I'm going right back, I'm going to get right back. You say, if you, they always say, if you fall off the horse, jump back on it. Ain't that what they say? Some of our horse folks tell, get back on that horse and ride. Because if you don't, if, you, if you're afraid, you, and the other thing is, is, just think how much you love riding. Yeah, but I fail and it hurt. Yeah, well, that's a possibility with anything. <laughs> I was just talking about someone who was in a bad car accident and, and now they're a little about getting in a car again because it was a serious bad accident and you know, it's so old. What if I get hit again? You can't let that kind of fear creep in and keep you from ever doing anything again. You know, oh, I messed up. I don't want to. Do hey, people mess up from the pulpit, and it could stop them from preaching if they don't realize I messed up, but that's not who I am. And they can get up and go again. And we can mess up in this walk with God, and we can give up, or we can step up. If I mess up, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to step up. I'm going to do what's right, and I'm going to keep going for the Lord because one day I want to go up, and uh, I, can't, I can't do that if I quit. If you quit, that hope is always deferred. I don't want to defer my hope to my fears, but I want to give uh, my fears to God in faith and say, Lord, help me to have what I need. You've got to know today that God is not done with you yet. And you feel like, mm, uh, I hear people talking about all this goodness of God, but I'm really going through the storm right now. Yeah, anybody who says, talks about the goodness of God has been through that storm. Anybody who's ever 
uh, heard him say, peace be still, was first in fear for their life. <laughs> when he stood on that boat and those disciples were, hey, don't you care that we're about to perish? Shaking the Lord to wake him up. Hey, hey, we're about to die. They were afraid for their life. And he said, peace be still. And he showed them what he can do. Just trust me. I'm not going to let you go under. I'm not going to let you go down. Don't forget that God is faithful who has promised. You've got to, you know, he, he told one man, he said, don't be afraid, only believe. You've got to believe it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. I know and believe what you're going through is rough, it's tough, it's harder than anything you've ever went through before. But you've got to hang in there and you'll make it. I'm really not this big of a sports fan, but I like sports references. Who knows who Walter Payton is? I see one hand, two hands. There's some, some of our older generation. Yeah, okay. Walter Payton. Walter Payton. He was he, he was he was more bad than Herschel Walker. So, that's, so that just to help you out. Walter Payton was in the NFL. Five foot ten, two hundred and two pounds. That's look. For the NFL. But he set the all-time rushing record of 16,726 yards. That's over nine miles of carrying the football. It took him 12 years to set that record. But the amazing thing is this, is that he was knocked down and tackled every 4.4 yards. Four yards ain't far. Can you imagine getting knocked down every four yards trying to walk nine miles? Hey, I'm going to walk nine miles. Okay, I'm going to walk with you, and every four yards I'm going to trip you. <laughs> You'd be like, I'm done with this. But he kept getting hit, and he kept getting up. And he kept getting hit, and he kept getting up. And say, Four yards, that's not even a first down. And that's the average. He, he had some breakaway plays, of course, sure. But, uh, but four yards when you only need three is good. So you don't belittle that short yardage because when all you need is two, four is good. And he, he realized that it doesn't matter how many times I get knocked down, hand me the ball, I'm going to keep carrying it. It doesn't matter how many times we get knocked down, we've got to say, Lord, when I fall, I shall arise. <laughs> I'm not staying down, but I'm going to get up because there is a race to run. There is a, a heaven to gain. There, there, there's a crown waiting on me. I, I, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to keep the faith. I'm going to keep going because it's tough. And, you know, the thing is, is when them guys that's carrying the ball get hit, they don't get hit once. It's like three or four guys just stacking in. Bow, bow, bow. Just, oh. And that's the way we feel sometimes, like everything is coming down on top of me. That's all right. Keep running. Keep going. Keep believing. Just, just, just wait and see what God is going to do. The Bible says to endure hardness as a good soldier. Jesus said, and they that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Friend, endurance pays off. Endurance is like the Siamese twin of patience. It's connected to it because when you're having patience, you're going to be enduring some things. It's there. And then I mean, you've got to believe just like people in the Scripture, they had to believe God. They had to say God's faithful. 
God will do what he said he will do. He told Abraham and Sarah, said, you're going to have a child. I'm talking about 90 and 100 years of age, and you're going to have a child. And it said that Sarah judged him faithful that promised. She knew she was old. She knew her husband was old. She knew biologically it ain't happening. There's no way we're past that age, but God promised. And when God makes a promise, it'll come through. When God says, I'm going to do a work, it'll come through. And, and this wasn't like, this wasn't like Mary. This wasn't like the Holy Ghost uh, overshadowed Sarah. No, he said, it's going to happen just the way. It's just going to be a natural thing. And it's going to take the time of life. It's going to take nine months. You think, Lord, if you're going to give me a miracle at 90 years old, a child, can't we just like make it nine minutes, nine days? I got the, you know, I, wonder if she had morning sickness. One of her ankles got fat. <laughs> Sarah wearing that long, long dress. Get out of here, Abraham. I look, I look horrible. Come on, ladies. But, you know, he said it's going to be just like, sometimes we think that miraculous is supposed to be like, my God, just a snap of the finger. But he said, yeah, well, it's going to happen, but you're going to be patient for nine months. <laughs> He's just going to deal with cravings and morning sickness and, and, and all the other things that I can't say from the pulpit to go along with that. Just all these little symptoms that you ladies have with that. Sarah had to go through all of that to get that miracle. But she judged him faithful that promised. And sometimes we're going to go through some things, but you've got to trust God. That God will do what he said he will do. Let patience have her perfect work. In Philippians 1 and 6, Paul said, you've got to be confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He said, you've got, you got to trust that God's going to come through. How many believes he'll come through? Yes. How many? You believe he'll finish what he started. Yes. He called you out of darkness. He filled you with the Holy Ghost. He washed you from your sins. And you think he done all that to set you out on the side of the road and say, here, uh, just be a, a, a punching bag for the rest of the world. I'm never going to do anything. I, I did my part. Now you just go on and get through the best way you can. No, 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 no. God has gone away to prepare a place for us that where he is, we can be also. He intends on us getting there and he'll give us what we need to get there. He didn't save us to lose. He saved us so we could win. In Romans chapter 8, such so familiar, Romans 8 and 31, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I can't question whether God was for me or not. The, he went to Calvary for me. He died for me. I know God's for me. He was faithful to his word and filled me with the Holy Ghost, just like he said he would, for the promises unto you and your children and all who are far off. I, 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 there's no question, if, is God for me? If God be for us, who can be against us? Listen, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I didn't give my son just to have something to do. This was a plan before the foundation of the world. 
the Lamb of God that was slain for the sin of mankind. And he gave him for us and justified us. And they said, he'll freely give us all things. God's going to come through. We don't have to pay for it. He's already paid the price. I just got to be patient. I just got to trust the Lord. It's coming. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. God has cleared us. That's why I said live like you're forgiven. It doesn't mean you don't have a past, but it's been taken care of. Who is he that condemns? It's Christ that died, yea, rather, that rose again, who's even at the right hand of God and also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Man, I come into this thing and I was so excited. Man, then boom, my whole world just started crumbling around me and falling apart. And oh, it's just, uh, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You hear me? Nothing. Shall tribulation? No, because tribulation works patience. And patience, experience, experience, hope. But, but anyway, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. As it's written, for thy sake we're killed all the day long, accounted the sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, nothing that's coming down the road, no height, no depth. A lot of people are afraid of heights. I don't like heights. Up too high, some of them, ooh. I can't even watch them videos of idiots standing on them building ledges. And they look over and it says that the camera goes over like that and my leg's like jelly. I'm like, whoo, I, I, I'm sitting on a couch and I'm about, and my heart's beating. I can't, I can't take it. But he said, none, none of these things that, that, that scare you, height, depth, any other creature shall be able. It's not possible to do it. It's not able to separate us from the love of God. It will not stop God from loving you. And if God loves you, He's for you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to come through for you. This love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I'm so glad today that, that uh, I can start with him and I can finish with him. You started with him, you can finish. Don't you let somebody tell you you can't finish this race. Don't let somebody tell you you're not going to make it all the way through, that, you, that, you're, going to, uh, that you're going to get taken out. That's not what God wants. And if you trust God, it's going to come to pass. It, the prophet uh, Habakkuk 2 and 3 said this, for the vision, he was given a vision and it, he saw some things and things that would be coming and the, the Lord told him, said the vision that you saw, it's for an appointed time. In other words, it's not for now, but it's for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Here's what we need. Though it tarry, wait for it. I'm sure when you came into this, this walk with God, you had some ideas, some visions, some desires, some things you wanted to see happen. And maybe it hadn't happened yet. Yes, the key word. It's coming. Don't you give up. You be patient. You let God keep working in your life. You let God keep loving on you and helping you and growing you and teaching you. You have some patience. And let patience have her perfect work because it might tarry. Wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. That vision, that preview 
It's like the, the trailer of a, a movie you've been waiting on, the, the, the pre-order that you put in. It, it, it's for an appointed time. Ain't nothing worse than seeing a trailer for a, a movie or something. You're like, oh, when's it coming out? In two years? This is 2022. It ain't going to be released to 2025. Oh, you wish you hadn't even seen the preview. Oh, because you know, I got to wait. I got to wait. And then you wake up the next day. It's only been one day. Oh, you hate it. We don't like that. And sometimes God gives a little preview. We get them little glimpses of glory and heaven and peace and comfort. And, and oh, we can't wait, but it's coming. It's coming. You've just got to believe what God's going to do. Though it tarry, wait for it. You can trust God. He'll come through. He will come through. You've seen what God can do. You're sitting in the house of the Lord today and don't tell me there wasn't times where you thought, I ain't going to make it another step. But you did. And you're here. When you could have quit, when you could have walked away, when you could have backslid, when you could have just said, it ain't worth it, you hung in there. And here you are today. One more prayer. One more praise. One more message. One more song. Whatever it took, but I'm still here. I might still be going through it, but that's all right. I won't always be going through it. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Hey, the sun's still rising far as I can tell. And his mercy's new every morning. You hear what your pastor is telling you today. Throwing in the towel ain't an option. Walking away and quitting, that don't happen. We've got to trust God and let patience have her perfect work. I've seen too much of what God can do. I can't walk away from him now. The guilt, I'm not talking about the guilt that I would just feel, but the guilt I would incur from walking away from God because I will be guilty on that day I stood before him. Because I would be trying to say, well, I just didn't think you would do it. And he'd say, but you saw me do it over and over and over again. You knew me. You knew who I was. You knew my ways. You knew uh, what I could do. And still, you walked away. I know too much about God to turn my back. I know. <laughs> Listen, but having faith and having trust and just knowing that God will work it out, that's not going to rush him. You know, you, you might can call some places and, and bug their customer service till they finally bump your order up or something like that. You can't bug God enough to change or rush the timing that he has for your life because it just won't work. You've got to trust God and his timing. But we want it all and we want it all now. I wonder how Naaman... In the scripture, that, that, that soldier, he was a mighty man and he was full of leprosy. So he went to Israel because they said there's a man of God there and, and, and he can heal. And he said, well, let's go. And so he tells him, hey, well, he don't even come out to him. He sends his servant out and says, go tell Naaman to dip in the Jordan River seven times. Well, Naaman didn't like it. I, I think, why seven? Why not just one time? Why seven? Because that's what I said. 
I don't know why he didn't say one time. I don't know why he didn't say just spin around in a circle and you'll be healed. I don't know. But he said, go dip seven times. And I, I just pictured in my head because Naaman didn't want to do it, but he did. He gets in that water and he goes under and comes back up. I don't know what leprosy flesh looks like, but I can't imagine wet leprosy flesh looking any better. Two times, nothing's changed. Three times, nothing's changed. Four times, five times, six times. Eel on number seven. And then comes up and his flesh is completely whole. Because patience will have its perfect work. Go dip. Don't, don't scrub. Don't wash. Don't bathe. Just go dip. Don't try to help God. Just, just, just let him do it, okay? Just let him do it. We're trying to uh, uh, be standing over God going, uh, oh, could you just do it like, mm -mm. don't be looking over his shoulder saying, do it like this. Let God do it because God designed it the perfect way. It'll work. Listen, if, if you like, if you decided, hey, I'm going to plant a garden and you go out to your property and you look and you see piece of ground and there's briar and trees and bushes but it's going to go right there you can see it man you can just see them corn stalks and beans and all the stuff growing you're like I see it in my head what's going to happen but you're going to have to clear that land and then you're going to have to plow and you're going to have to dig and you're going to have to weed and you're going to have to water and you're going to have to plant and you're going to have to do all kinds of things There's a lot. Of, you're going to have to harvest before you eat a bite It'll be a lot of work before you sit down at the table and say, whew, look what I got. Because you can look at that package on the, that picture on the package of seeds all day long and it'll, you'll never be able to eat it. You're going to have to put some work in. It's going to be pay. I, I can imagine, I don't plant gardens, just so you know. I can't imagine the kind of patience it takes to have to go out there and weed and pull little bugs off the bush and stuff like that. Mm -mm. That's not me. I, I'm buying them in a can. Or I, I, got, I got friends at garden that bring me tomatoes and stuff. So uh, I, I may have to learn, but I'm just telling you that, that I know one thing is that a garden, if it's going to produce, it takes time and it takes patience. No matter, no matter what you see in your head, you can't rush it. You can plant them seeds and you can dance around them and say, come on now tomorrow, I want some tomatoes. <laughs> that ain't happening. It just ain't going to happen. You can put all the effort in that you want. It's going to be days before you see them little sprouts coming up. But, oh, you, you, you realize that, hey, it's coming. The other lesson is that watch that because it'll teach you. It, if you do it according to plan, it works. It works. And when we do it according to God's plan, it works. When we're willing and obedient, we eat the good of the land. It's, it's going to work. God's going to take care of us. We just got to trust him. In the book of Hebrews uh, 10 and 35, he said, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Oh, man, that confidence we had in God. When that Holy Ghost hit us and and we come out of that water and sins are washed away and we're feeling so good. Everybody's patting you on the back and congratulations and God bless you and 
hugging your neck and everything. It's just great and wonderful. And, and we just can't hardly get it any better than that. And then we slip up, make a mistake and fall, or we lose a job or a house or relationships fall apart, things go to pieces, and then all of a sudden we're like, but I'm a child of God. Yeah. So is Job. Yeah. So was uh, David, Samson. Yeah. A lot of them that uh, were children of God that had tribulation and trouble in their life, but what they didn't do was walk away from God. That's why you're going to read about them over on farther down in Hebrews 11. You'll read about them uh, because they never lost their faith in him. So the writer here said, don't throw away your confidence. It has a great recompense of reward. For you have need of, what's that word say? Yeah, read it, patience. So you need patience. You got to let patience because you need patience. You have need of patience after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. And then look, here's, here's this prophet from Habakkuk being referenced again. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, will not tarry. But the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Listen, there's no benefit to turning your back. There's no, you get nothing if you walk away. Keep trusting God. He's going to come through. I'm almost done. Almost done. In 1 John 3 and 2, he said, Beloved, man, that tells me something right there, that God loves me. No matter what I'm going through, what I'm feeling, he said, Beloved, Right now, we are the sons of God. We're God's children. Don't ever forget that wherever you are right now, whatever you're waiting for, right now, you're God's child. I'm waiting on this promise. Okay, but that don't change the fact that right now, you're his child. And he's going to make sure you're taken care of. It might be tough. It might be awful, but... Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. Patience. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Oh, man. We're going to see him as he is. Right now is tough. But that doesn't change the fact who I am. If there's anybody that's going to overcome, it's his kids. God's children are overcomers. If God be for us, who can be against us? Friend, God is for us. So don't ever forget that whatever you're going through right now, even if you're in the middle of you making the mistake, when my, hey, if your kid goes out to your car and puts a water hose in the gas tank to fill it up for you. That's going to be expensive. But he's still your kid. He might get a whooping, but you're still going to feed him and clothe him, give him a place to sleep, remind him about it on his wedding day or something like that, you know, to embarrass him. 
Now, my kid didn't do that. I'm just making this up. I'm just, I mean, Jake never did that. But what I'm saying is this, is that even when we sliding off track a little bit, lose our temper, you know, do something we shouldn't have done, said something we shouldn't have said, you know, whenever that happens, we're still his. Pastor, have you ever said something you shouldn't have said? <laughs> yes, of course. Because that's just that human nature. I'm reading a book right now, Brother Gleason. He said at the, the very opening line of the, the book, in the introduction, he said, anybody can love a perfect church. He said, but the, the key is to love the real church. <laughs> because there ain't no perfect church. <laughs> he said, but you need to love the real church. It's full of real people who do stupid things. But that doesn't make you walk away from what God called you to. I'm not going to let, I've said this before, God has figured our stupidity into this walk. He's made provisions. His mercy is new every morning. If we make a mistake, we can ask forgiveness. God will take care of us. Might as well just be real, folks. It does, it's not a loophole to just act out. It's not so we can say, well, man, we just go crazy for a while and then just say, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. No, that's, you know, no, that's not it. We, we strive to be our best. We strive to please him, to walk upright and do everything right. And then on our best day, the Bible says, every man at his best state is vanity because we're flesh. He remembers that we're dust. He knows our frame. He knows how we are. He created us. He's watched us blow it from the beginning. He knows what we're capable of. That's why where sin does abound, his grace does much more abound. God's able to take care of that. So there's no reason to quit because when you mess up, God doesn't want you to quit. When you make a mistake, when you do something just off the rails, it, he doesn't, want, he doesn't say, all right, run along now. That's it, I'm done. No, he says, come on, you need to come closer to me. Yeah. <laughs> you need to get closer to me. So whatever you're going through, whatever you're doing right now, right now, you're his child. You don't stop being his child. Trust your father. Yeah. He's a good, good father, the song says, and, and we know he's good. He's, he's a great father to us. I was going to read this at the beginning, but I thought I would just save this toward the end. I'm getting ready. Honey, if you want to come on up, I'll, I'll be getting ready to finish. In Mark chapter 8, there's a guy here that um, shows us what patience can really be about. The Lord came, and he was opening blinded eyes left and right. People that were blind, he was just healing them. Deaf, casting out devils, raising the dead, just doing things. Just At this point right here in Mark chapter 8, verse 22, it says he came to Bethsaida and they brought him a blind man. They brought him unto Jesus and they said, Lord, we want you to touch him. They besought him to touch him. And so even though this man can't see, 
God's ready to do something. I can't see what's going to happen yet, but they're bringing me to the man that can make something happen. It says, he took the blind man by the hand. You see, sometimes you can't see what God's doing, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have your hand, and that doesn't mean he's not leading you somewhere. You would think that as soon as he touched Jesus, his eyes would have just opened, but they didn't. He led him with his eyes closed, led him out of town. And then he did something that we think, what? When he had spit on his eyes. Lord, I surely don't understand what you're doing. But when he did that, he put his hands on him. He said, do you see anything? And he looked up and he said, I see men as trees walking. I don't understand what you did. Did you just spit in my eyes? Did it work? I guess so because I'm, I'm starting to see a little bit. I can see a little. I can see it's not clear, but I do see something. God will lead you from blindness and sometimes that sight just comes like this and sometimes it's just God slowly revealing what he's doing. But patience is the key because this guy, maybe he had heard of some of these other blind people that got healed or all these other things that happened and he thought, you know, here I am, led me out of town, spit my eyes, I can't, you know, blurry sight, whatever, you know. He could have got mad, could have walked off, could have said, that's it, you know, this isn't working. But instead, he just stayed right there. And after that, he puts his hands upon his eyes, made him look up, and he was restored, and he saw every man clearly. And then he sent him away. He was able to go by himself. Nobody had to hold him by the hand and lead him. He could see clearly. And I realized that there are some areas in your life that God's going to have touched more than once. You need to let that sink in. That is a very big life lesson. There are simply some areas in your life that God will have to touch more than once. You know it. When you say, ooh, I've been battling this for a while, that's one of those areas that God's got to touch more than once. But it doesn't mean it's not working. It doesn't mean that he can't do it. Sometimes it will take more than one touch to get the full miracle. Well, I've prayed for this, then pray it again. The Bible says men ought to always pray and never faint. Because if you'll wait, you'll see. You know that old saying, wait and see? If you'll be patient and wait on God, you'll see that miracle. You can stand with me. Don't believe that negative report, that lie from the enemy, that if you're not completely better after one service, 
that you're just damaged beyond repair. That, well, my whole, whole life didn't just come together perfect after I received the Holy Ghost or was baptized or after I prayed or after they anointed me and prayed. I, you know, that's all right. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. That doesn't mean that you're damaged. That doesn't mean that God's not doing something. So what if it doesn't happen like somebody else's miracle? That doesn't mean your miracle's not coming. You've got to keep trusting God. You know, when they would rebuild the, the walls of Jerusalem, the temple, you know, it takes more than one brick to repair a wall. And sometimes it takes more than just one service, one prayer meeting to fix us. Matter of fact, God is good at um, making us over again. Jeremiah 18 and 3. The prophet said, Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. Keep going, brother. Sis, who's running? Okay. And the vessel that he made of clay, that's us, it was marred in the hand of the potter. Even while his hands were on it, something happened to it. You ever seen anybody working clay on a wheel? And man, everything, look how neat, how smooth. What happened? I don't know what happened. Maybe little pressure maybe I don't know something happened with the clay there was an air bubble in it I don't know something happened he said while it was in my hands it was marred so he made it again some of y'all got to get this revelation that God's going to make you again because as long as we're under his hand I've said this before we're that work of the potter but if we get off that wheel, if we get out from under his hand, we can leave damaged and never be the vessel that he wants to make of us. Because he said, I'll make it again as it seems good to the potter to make it. Then he said in verse 5, Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, you can apply this to us as well. The church today, we're grafted in the vine. Cannot I do with you as this potter? Don't you know that I can do the same thing to you as this potter is doing with the clay? Saith the Lord, Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Can't God, if God could call you out and save you and fill you, can't he fix you? If something happens and, and, and things get messed up in our life, can't God fix it? Sure he can, because we're no different than that clay that was in the hand of the potter. And if he can do it for them, he can do it for us. He said that's such a, a, a literal thing, but if God can mold that clay and remake it, if a potter can do that, he said, I can do the same thing with you. So as we get ready to come and pray, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask you to take a little inventory right now. You've been praying about something and it hasn't come to pass yet. 
you're struggling with something and you hadn't got over it yet. There's things in your life you want to see different and they hadn't changed yet. You've got to come believing that God will work a miracle. And if you have to pray 10 more times, hang in there and pray because the answer will be worth every time. When Hank Aaron finally hit number 755, it was worth every trip to the plate, every sore muscle, every hit, every strikeout, all the things that happened, all worth it to finally put that one over. And you're that close. You never know how you could be just one prayer away from that miracle. You don't give up. You don't give up. While she's pray, playing this morning, I'll give you an opportunity to come to this altar. But I want you to come expecting, believing. If you need a healing, then you come expecting a healing. If you need mercy and forgiveness, then come expecting. If you need God to take control of some things in your life, then come and give it to Him and expect it to be different. You come as the clay and let God make you what He wants to make out of you. Let patience have her perfect work. Let's pray together.